Super Talk Mississippi media production. I'll pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. This is the Eagle Hour with Bob Getty and Luke Johnson. Happy Tuesday to you, Golden Eagle fans. Listen across the state of Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. It's the Eagle Hour. Luke Johnson and Michael Mergens today from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. Got a good show for you today. Lady Eagles basketball in their season last night in a very, very close overtime uh, loss to North Alabama. We'll have Coach Joy Lee McNellis on coming up. Also, Andrew Abadie from the Student Prince to talk a little baseball tonight as the Golden Eagles head down to Baby Cake Field in New Orleans, Louisiana to take on Nichols State. First segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you every day by Dickey's Barbecue Pit. Dickey's is a proud supporter of Southern Miss Athletics. You can enjoy Dickey's fall-off-the-bone ribs, smoked brisket, and other great meat smoked every day in-house. Dickey's caters any event, large or small, and so always be sure when you got that event coming up, uh, Dickey's will be glad to cater it for you. And remember, when you eat in-house at Dickie's, the ice cream is always free. Dickie's Barbecue, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Well, Lady Eagle Softball was uh, out uh, in Texas um, this weekend in El Paso, right on the border, and Lady Eagles win two out of three games, win the series, and, and come back home. And joining us in our first segment today is softball head coach Wendy Ho. Coach, what's up? Hey, hey, Luke. Good to hear from you. Glad that you could come on. Well, all I could see was there were some big mountains in the outfield um, this past weekend. What an amazing place to play softball. It is. It's, uh, you know, the field is, um, it, it looks like they've actually cut a, a spot out of a mountain and built the field. So mountains all around the outfield, and the, the joke each year is, hey, they better put a fielder in those, those mountains up there. And, uh so that's uh, that's that's always fun playing out in Utah. It's a heck of a trip, you know. I, we left at, I think I got up at 4 a.m. on on Friday morning, and then we uh, got back to Hattiesburg about 3 a.m. Uh, Monday morning. So it, it it's always a heck of a trip, but it, it's a lot of fun to play out in El Paso for sure. People's uh, people always, you know, wondering. People are familiar sometimes with the travel schedule of baseball, basketball, football, but but softball. You talk about your Lady Eagles left uh, Friday morning. You get out to El Paso. Do you do a a workout, a walkthrough on Friday afternoon before the doubleheader on Saturday? We do. We I feel that's necessary when we go to the, the fields that are so different than ours, uh, and El Paso is certainly one of those. They have a turf outfield. But their turf is unlike any uh, that that we play on throughout the season. It's uh, I I can't even begin to explain it. I just can tell you that the bounces are, are way different than any we can simulate here in Hattiesburg. And then even their infield, their dirt there is different. But um, the main thing is just it's the air and, and there's a smell and it's not a terrible smell. Our girls have likened it to that of a, of a box of crayons. But there's um, you know sometimes it's tough to breathe and. I just uh, the sun is is terrible on that field, and, and the shadows are, are really tough 
always when we're out there. So we try to get there in time. Um, you know, before the sun goes down, I, I think our practice was at, at 530 this past Friday. But it is very, very important to get there to that field, especially in El Paso, and, and go through a run-through. I think it took us about an hour and 15 minutes, you know, to, to swing a little bit, take a little defense, and, and, and just do a little bit out there. And that way, when we're driving up on Saturday morning, um, everyone's not trying to get acclimated to the to the conditions that we can't control one single bit. Well, you look at uh, what your ladies did this weekend. It was a uh, it was a great offensive performance. You blow out uh, games one and three. Game two was a heartbreaker in extra innings. But start off. Tell us about this week's Conference USA Softball Player of the Week, Alyssa Davis, who accounted coach for fifty percent of your runs with RBIs. She was uh, literally on fire this weekend. I've, I've been coaching a long time, and, and it's the, it, it's fun to watch. We had another kid who. Who, who was killing it, but even Pale, I think she hit 600 and, you know, had some doubles and, some, and, and was, was probably on all but one time, But then, and that was Lacey Summerlin. But, man, Tata, uh, that's what we call Alyssa, um, she just had one of those weekends you just don't see, and you said Conference USA player. Actually, today she's been named the National Player of the Week by three different wow. entities today. So it's just unbelievable. She had 15 RBIs, um, the two grand slams, and, you know, she said, hey, Coach, if they don't roll it over that plate, I'm about to hit it up now. And that was her – that sounds silly, but that, that was her focus the entire weekend was, was how many balls she could hit out of the park. And three of them left the park, uh, two of them happened to have bases loaded, and then she, she almost got a couple more, a double off the wall and then a triple um, that, that was right out there as well. So she, she swung it. She, was, she did well for us this weekend for sure. I mean, has there has there ever been another player that got eight RBIs in one game during your tenure at Southern Miss? Not, no, not while I've been here. We've only had we've had uh, while I've been here, we we haven't had but one other kid hit two grand slams in a year. Never one in the, two in the same series. Um, but I do think um, they, they've had someone who's hit three in a season. But um, I, w- I was looking at RBIs earlier, and uh, when we left. Tata had 15 RBIs. Um, no, I'm sorry, 17. And then she, she comes back with, with 32. So to, to to double your RBIs in, in one weekend, that's that's a pretty good weekend for sure. It was. Uh, Lady Eagles scored 30 runs, 11 in game one. Talk about game two. That was a game that, that uh, UTEP responded back. And you uh, you scored one, uh, in the I think, at the top of the seventh to tie it and force the extra frame, and then they got you. That was a really close game. It was, well, that the difference in that game was was, was uh, you know first in and we um, they came out and put a three spot on it was um, you know and no excuses you, you have to adjust the zones but um, you know we put a kid out there who felt we felt she was hitting our spots our catcher coach I'm, I'm I'm not sure what else but unless we threw the ball the entire ball over the white of the play we weren't getting it called for a strike and and the kid was Ladner who was throwing and, and she she works all zones she goes up down or off speed they would. I think it was even catching the, the, the umpire off guard, a curveball. Nothing we were throwing uh, was being called for a strike, so we were always pitching from behind. And they, they struck a few doubles uh, back-to-back, and Utah's a, a great hitting team. But uh, So they put a three-spot on in the, in the very first inning. And then, um, you know, I, I, we didn't panic. Obviously, we, we, we thought we, we could swing it okay. And then, But we didn't score in the first or second and the third. And finally in the fourth, I said, you know what? We've got to start manufacturing runs. So I think we've got a leadoff wall, bunted her over, and we manufactured a run in the fourth, did it again in the fifth. Um, 
a couple of crooked numbers, uh, you know, in, in there and, and got right back in the game. Uh, unfortunately, we had some, you know, some plays that should have been made defensively that didn't necessarily go down as errors, but we had two double play balls to, to get out of an inning, and uh, they ended up scoring two runs in that inning and, and, and shutting out. And uh, anyway, tied it back up, and, and, and we had two outs, two outs in the bottom of the eighth, and uh, thought we had popped the kid up, but that air out there just does some crazy things, and uh, the ball landed about two feet on the other side of the fence. So, um, you know, and that's how you walk. And guess who's on deck? Uh, you know, when we come in, uh, Tata would have been the kid up at the plate yeah. in the bottom of the eighth. So, you know, we thought we were right where we wanted to be. Uh, unfortunately, when you're on the road, they get the last bat. So that's yeah. how we lost game Talk two. about Abby Trahan. Um, oh, Davis, uh, Tata was uh, this week's Conference USA uh, Player of the Week. Last week, Abby Trahan was uh, uh, Pitcher of the Week. She pitched really well for you in games one and three. She did. Now, and look, I'll tell you, if you ever talk to Abby, it's Traha. Uh, you know, it's, it's not Trahan. She's going to get you. She's good. She's one of those cases that, <laughs> that pronounce it a little bit differently. So, so Traha, but um, kind of like haha when. Um, she strikes you out at the plate or something, but Abby is just she's she's become our workhorse for sure. She's she's probably the most confident kid I've ever um, coached, and and she she is competitive. She's confident and she wants the ball. And she she's just had um, you know I was reading back through the stats and said she gave up eight hits, and I thought eight hits. She absolutely did not give you know because nobody really she's given up a couple long balls on the year, but nobody. Um, thus far, and I'm knocking on wood while I'm saying this, it squares the ball up against her. She spins and she spots, she throws a, a good speed, and she's just, um, you know, she's kind of etched out that, that, that one and, and three game starter for us. You know, we played the doubleheader that first day, so she certainly can't, um, you know, throw all three games. Um, but we we feel confident giving her that ball in game one, and then so far uh, teams haven't been able to make an adjustment in game three with her. So so we went back, right back to her uh, with that ball. Um, the losses that Abby's had, um, you know, it's kind of been on, on the offense for not scoring runs. I think there's two games that she gave up, a couple big hits that she had the, the ability that, that I thought we scored enough runs to, to win that game. But every other time, and she's, she's just been lights out, and every time she goes out there, she wants to be better than the time before. So she's been doing a really good job for us, that's for sure. Well, Coach, uh, congratulations on the series win. Marshall comes in this weekend, doubleheader on uh, Saturday at 1-3, and three, and then uh, the finale on Sunday at, at noon. Wish your ladies uh, so much. Uh, have a great week. Let's sweep the herd, and, and thanks for being on the Eagle Hour today. Thanks so much for having me, Luke. Have a good one. You too. That's softball head coach Wendy Hope joining us on the Eagle Hour. We'll talk a little basketball with Joy Lee McNellis right after this on the Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. I want to thank softball head coach Wendy Hogue for joining us in that first segment. Lady Eagle softball team back out 
On the Diamond this weekend with a doubleheader against Marshall on Saturday at 1-3, and and then uh, Game 3 on Sunday at 12 noon. Second segment, the Eagle Hour, brought to us every day by Campus Bookmark, located on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, or online at campusbookmark.net. Campus Bookmark carries the biggest selection of Southern Miss merchandise in the state. If you know somebody, they need some more Southern Miss swag, or maybe you do too, go see our friendly, our friends and uh, all their friendly atmosphere at Campus Bookmark. Well, Lady Eagles uh, made it to the postseason in the Women's Basketball Invitational, and last night, uh, a heartbreaking loss in overtime to North Alabama, 69-65 in Reed Green Coliseum. To talk to us about last night's game and and just uh, this season as a whole, uh, Joy Lee McNellis, one of our favorite people to be on the Eagle Hour, she joins us now. Coach, how you doing? Our afternoon, whatever time it is. It's one twenty. I know you probably didn't sleep much last night. I did not, and I got up early and took a recruit to the airport. I was up at five thirty and uh, drove to New Orleans. So, yep, been making a few stops along the way, headed back home. So, I am on the road recruiting trail. You know, you end your season and it's you're back at it again. You don't get a break. So, uh, it's been really pretty busy. Um, but I will tell you, last night's game was definitely a heartbreaker. Um, I will tell you, I, you have to give a lot of credit to North Alabama. I mean, they did a great job. They, their coach, did a phenomenal job of scouting us. When Camille Anderson goes out with a dislocated shoulder, uh, our opportunities for somebody that can shoot the ball outside or our options were kind of limited. And they fully knew that backed off of us, and we didn't step up and make any shots with confidence. They face-guarded Shantae Ailes, um, didn't guard Allery Mays outside of 8 or 10 feet, uh, doubled our post inside, and just had a great game plan. And we just didn't make shots. And, you know, our defense held true to form. I mean, it just would grind it out and played very, very well. You know, we made an unbelievable comeback in that fourth quarter, and there's no doubt our defense generated our offense. And honestly, that's how we were surviving, is our defense creating our offense. And so, you know, there were situations. I wish I was a – if basketball in that overtime could have been like a football game. I wish I could have substituted an offensive team and a defensive team. We could have won in that situation. But we had to rely so much defensively to try to create our offense, it just became a little bit of a nightmare, to be honest with you. And, um, you know, we just couldn't make the shots we needed to make. And North Alabama did. That's kind of what it boiled down to. They got into crunch time, and, you know, they hit some shots. And we had a good look at the rim. It rolled off front of the rim to tie the game at three. And then, of course, we had to foul late. And they went one or two from the free throw line to make it a four-point ball game. And so... It was definitely a, a, a March Madness kind of game, as was the game against Nickel State. And I think it, uh, the WBI definitely uh, impacted our program in a great way in putting us in an environment where you have to do the little things. You have to go get the ball. You have to be able to pay attention to every detail that matters. Um, you know, and again, 
uh, Kelsey Jones and Deja Almond were two of our freshmen that got a good many minutes in both of those games and was able to help them grow up, I think. And then a whole host of our juniors and our sophomores were able to get some minutes in. And, you know, you just hope that better prepares us for the future as we look forward to that for next year. And then our long senior in Megan Brown, oh, my gosh, my heart just breaks for her. Uh, she had a big three in that overtime game that knotted that game back up um, and just couldn't get another one to go down. But what a special young lady that's meant a whole bunch to our program for sure. 1,030 points, 463 rebounds, 218 assists, 98 games started, and coach a 96-game streak of consecutive starts. She has been Iron Woman for your Lady Eagles. She has. She has. And, you know, she is just such a special individual uh, because truly it's more than just a game for her. The game is a platform for her to be a witness for Jesus. And she expresses her faith in so many ways and truly impacts lives um, through the game of basketball. And she has touched all of our lives in many, many ways. And you know, she's definitely a player that's going to be missed. Her leadership is going to be missed. You know, we joked one time because every player on our team has been to her with some type of challenge they faced, whether it be personally, whether it be academically, whether it be on the basketball court, whatever it may be, they all have faced some type of challenge, and Megan Brown has served as the counselor. And um, we're going to miss her. Our team's going to miss her because she uses the Bible as her guidance, and she always opens that Bible up to be able to give them guidance. And so she's just such a special individual, and she's desperately going to be missed for sure. What what it's harder? I mean, I guess both are, but when you have a player that's talented and is such a leader, I mean, you you want both in a great player, but what's harder to replace sometimes? You know, both. But I will tell you, with Megan Brown, it's going to be hard to replace the person. And I don't know that you replace her. You just hope to be able to find someone that can fill that role, and you hope to continue to recruit high-character young ladies that can that that can learn to grow and stand for who they are and stand for what's right. And that's what Megan Brown does. She's not. She's going to take the straight and narrow. She's not going to take the road less traveled. I mean, she's going to take the road less traveled. She's she's not going to follow the crowd. She's going to do what's right. Tony and Diane Brown have done a fantastic job of raising her. Megan Brown, when she was a freshman, got very few minutes of playing time. Very few. You know, and Megan Brown stayed true to the grind. She came to my house. We shot on an outdoor hoop. We went to Temple Baptist Church, and we shot because she was so depressed and down. But never did I have to deal with a parent in dealing with her. Her parents stayed true to the course. They supported her. They encouraged her. But it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to transfer. Oh, coach is unfair to my kid. Never. Because they held true in having faith in the process. And I will tell you, there's not many folks that are like that. College coaches will tell you that. Gino Armiemo has a has a deal on Facebook talking about that. But Diane and Tony yeah. Brown have taught 
and lived it to, to for Megan Brown in preparing her for challenges in life. And Megan Brown goes from a non-playing freshman to one of the greatest players to wear a Lady Eagle uniform hmm. because she stayed true to the course. In James 2, it talks about staying steadfast. And she is hmm. steadfast in her faith and in her vision and in her goals. And in the end, she's been successful. And I'm just going to tell you, we're going to miss her. We're going to miss her leadership. Yeah. We're going to miss her her faith. We're going to miss her work ethic every day for that kid's entire career. She has been the one that has got up 100 extra shots every single day. Every single day. I have never wow. coached a player in my time at Southern Miss that has stayed after and shot a hundred extra shots every day. Never. Mm. And that's what a, makes her special. Yeah, it's a great legacy, and, and she'll. She, we're going to miss watching her. You're going to miss coaching her. About a minute left, um, Coach McDellis. Uh, so four of your five starters last night uh, are juniors. You're going to be. You're coming back. Uh, people are already looking forward to next year. You're going to have a senior heavy class next year with tons right. of leadership and experience. We are, and you know that was what was great to have an opportunity to play in the WBI, and so thankful for our administration for giving us that opportunity and for the WBI for granting us that opportunity as well and inviting us. Those four seniors, and that was my challenge last night to them and the rest of the team. It's about responsibility and embracing a responsibility and hold ourselves individually accountable. And to me, our society today, that's what we miss, is taking on a responsibility of what we have to do to be successful in life and then be held accountable for it. And I tried to explain to them, being held accountable doesn't mean you're a failure. does not mean you're a failure. Being held accountable is someone that cares about you to help you achieve greatness. And that's what right. we've got to help this group better understand because some of them in, our, in their lives have been taught, if you're held accountable and take ownership in your responsibility, and you fail, you're a failure. No, you're not. Take ownership in right. it, embrace it, be held accountable for it, and grow from it, and you'll be successful in life. And that's what that's I right. challenged that's right. with last night. Well, Coach, uh, we appreciate you spending time to us. Congrats on uh, the postseason, and uh, we'll we'll catch up with you a little later down the road. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you having me on. And April the 26th. It's the Lady Eagle Basketball Golf Tournament at Cambridge. Yep. We need some golfers to come join us. Sounds good. Thanks, Coach. That's Coach Joy Lee McNellis. We'll be back with Andrew Abity from the Student Prince right after this. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Back on a Tuesday, third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us today by 4th Street Bar and Grill, located on 4th Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. 
Great plate lunches. Go by and check them out and see all the Southern Miss lore and memorabilia there at 4th Street Bar and Grill. I want to thank Lady Eagle basketball coach Joy Lee McNellis for joining us as her Lady Eagles fall to North Alabama last night in the WBI. Second round uh, last night, they end their season at 18-14. and 14. And uh, Coach Hogue for joining us in that first segment. Happy to have us here in the third segment with us. Andrew Abadie is the executive editor of the Student Prince, which is the student campus newspaper at the University of Southern Mississippi. And Andrew covers all sports, including softball and baseball. I'm going to talk that with him now. Andrew, what's up, buddy? Doing all right. Appreciate you having me on, as always. Yeah, man. Uh, let's let's talk softball for a minute. You're out there a, a lot, and then we'll transition uh, to baseball. Hey, Coach Hogue on, and I, I can't remember the last time a Lady Eagle had 15 RBIs in three games, but that's what Tata Davis did this weekend. I, I can't remember the last time really somebody uh, had 15 RBIs in one weekend. She hit, if I'm not mistaken, she hit two grand slams, but yeah, she, you know, last year as a freshman, she looked very promising and. She got a lot of play time at uh, shortstop, and or excuse me, at third base, and she is she's a pretty phenomenal player to watch, and she's ridiculously fast also on top of her hitting ability and fielding ability. You look at that side of uh, of the infield, and Lacey Summerlin's batting a quiet three thirty eight. Uh, those two have been very good. And then when you look at uh, Van Schaik and you look at Nelson, really at the top of that lineup, Lady Eagles should make some noise in Conference USA. Well, you know, and I was kind of talking about this yesterday. Um, right now, Conference USA West is starting to – I guess you're starting to see the the favorites kind of break away. Marshall and Louisiana Tech are looking to have some pretty solid seasons. They play Marshall here um, this upcoming weekend. But, you know, you want to kind of see them not only get some series wins, but you want to see some sweeps, and that's something they haven't been able to do yet. You know, you hope to see that in the future. But they're going to have a challenge. But I think the, you know, the worry was that are they going to make the conference tournament this year, I think, is, out the door now, but I think Conference USA is uh, really anybody's game when it comes to the tournament time because there's no real team that's going to dominate Conference USA, at least in my opinion right now. And when, and when you think about the three seniors on this Lady Eagles softball team and you think about some of the transfers we've had in with Abby and Lacey and some more, there is a lot of talent for fans to come watch. Oh, no, no question about that. The, the lineup is a lot of fun to watch. Sarah Van Schaik absolutely kills the ball. I swear, I think that girl will have the career record in doubles by the end of the season. She's only been <laughs> here for two years. Um, Samantha Papp, you know, local girl from around here, she's a lot of fun to watch. Chase Nelson hit the ball. Destiny Brown, the center fielder, is a phenomenal player as well. There's just a lot of really young talent on this team. Turning the page uh, to baseball, I I sat with you Saturday up in the press box and and we were talking about baseball. Talk about Walker Powell. I mean, he has had – this was his third dominant start. I mean, he's been really unhittable. Uh, And this is a guy last year who was your number three. He has emerged as a legitimate, very strong Friday night starter. Well, I talked to uh, Coach Ostrander before the season started and I asked him if he thought, you know, will Walker – kind of build off of last year and you know he had said walker wanted to get his velocity back you know those little things that you you don't exactly get back right away when you come back from an injury and i think it's 
it's obvious that Walker is not only back to where he was, probably back to his freshman year, but he's pitching at, I would say, an elite level in Conference USA right now. Uh, 15 ground balls, is, uh, that's impressive to see. And look, you know, everybody talks about Nick Sandlin and the strikeouts that he could do, but Walker Powell, I think, is just as deadly as Sandlin was. And and people forget this, you know. Walker's six eight, and I don't know what the ratio is, but you know, every inch you get taller, the release point is closer to the plate. He may be throwing eighty seven, eighty eight, Andrew, but based off his his arm slot and his arm length, he's really to a hitter. It's more like ninety two. Oh, no question. And I, the other thing about him is that, <clears throat> excuse me, is that he can really uh, his location is it's. Very good. Probably one of the best on the team, I would arguably say. I think the only person who really has their location down that to compare is maybe Mason Strickland, but his control is is at a very high level despite, you know, him throwing eighty eight, eighty nine and you know, Walker was hitting nineties at some point, uh at a few points throughout the game. So he certainly I I think he'll be by the end of the season one of the top uh pitching leaders in conference USA. We talked to Coach Barry yesterday, Stevie, dealing with something in that left shoulder, you know, don't know about his availability. Um, this weekend, I mean, is the plan uh, kind of to Johnny Holstaff it on Saturday and Sunday? I mean, you got the arms in the bullpen. It's just kind of odd. Uh, you know, you really don't have a rotation other than Powell. Yeah, and I, I was I wrote about that in my column right now. You want to, you know, a couple weeks ago, people in the lineup were hurt, and now you're seeing – you, what you thought would be your your starting weekend rotation kind of you know taking steps back but you know obviously it was great to see Walker go a full game because the whole staff was available but i think the one thing nobody's really talking about is that in the past 3 years since i've been here i think this is the most complete and talented bullpen uh in yeah. the last 3 years no question cuz you know some years there's like oh man why are they throwing this guy but really when you look through this this bullpen, there's nobody that puts doubt into your head. Um, and I think, if anything, it's an opportunity because when you get to tournament time, you really want to have four guys who can start um, consistently. And I think that's what this is, this time of the year, you know, this period that they're going through is going to set themselves up for. Yeah, you think we didn't even use J.C. Keys this weekend. He didn't pitch. Yeah, exactly. That's your closer. And you got four guys with ten or more innings of work, all uh, under two ERA. You look at, um, you know, your one starter, uh, Walker's at, at two twelve. You look at Adam Jackson, who has spot started. He's at one six nine. And we're not even talking about Ock. I, I brought up to Coach Barry yesterday two guys that have really uh, weren't guys that you would, you know, bring in at crucial times this year. They have Tweedy and Alex Nelms have been very good when they've when they've come. Oh, no question. And, you know, I thought, because he had said it at uh, media day, that Alex Nelms would be a, a viable starter option. And I, I think that's still an option if you need it to happen. But he has been great for, you know, having to relieve the starter coming in for those three innings. But uh, and, and Ryan Ock, you know, everybody says J.C. Keys is the closer, but Ryan Ock has been a pretty phenomenal closer also, and go look back uh, against Mississippi State on that Friday night win. Um, but I, I think I just think they have a lot of options that could be starters. Obviously, Mason Strickland, and he had that uh, heck of a career at Jones. 
he's been pretty solid in those four innings. I, I think he he's had some bad luck, I guess, go his way. Uh, you know, dealing with that ankle uh, against State, and then he got hit hit in the chest uh, by a line drive, I think, at one point. Uh, but regardless, I think you have a lot of options. Adam Jackson certainly won to be a starter in the future, and they were kind of grooming him to do that before he got hurt in uh, the Conference USA Championship last year. So I, I think right now, especially with Ostrander, they've just been making the right calls. Um, the other thing I want to see is when is, is if the ship has sailed with Matt Walner being a weekend starter. Uh, I've yet to yeah. be able to ask about that yet. I just think I've what I've heard Coach Barry say over and over again is the kid has a future and we're not going to push it. And I'm just like, wow, Scott, you know. But while you're winning games with ten arms out of the bullpen, you can do it. Want to get to a quick question, offense, and then and then we'll have about a minute left to talk about um, tonight. Uh, what do you do with DH wise if, if when Horde gets healthy, Bryant Bowen's been really on fire? Do you think they'll just uh, swap it up, or do we do we look to see uh, one DH the rest of the way, or can you do that? I think you could. Uh, you know, Barry likes to play the righty-lefty matchups, and I know Horde and Bowen are both righties. Uh, who knows? That's always something in the back of my head. I, I think if Cole Donaldson's going through a cold, you know, cold, uh, uh, cold sprout, whatever you want to call it, um, I think Bryant Bowen could certainly be a viable option to fill in. Um, I, I don't know yet, though. Uh, it's certainly cushion to have, and I said it la- a couple weeks ago. You know, there was injuries in the lineup. Brant Blaylock being back has been a huge, uh, huge boost. He's had ten RBIs in this seven-game win streak, which started when he came back. Um, excuse me. So uh, I, I don't know. I, I think it just depends on who's pitching that day, and I, I think when the lineup is a lot better off than it was two weeks ago, and it's a good problem to have, really, when trying to figure out who should be in that DH spot because they're both really solid guys. They really are. Andrew, uh, we're up against a, a break. Can, can you stick with us through commercial? I know you may have some stuff to do, but any way for you to hang on with us for a couple more minutes? Sure thing. All right, we'll be back and talk about tonight's Southern Miss baseball game against Nickel State right after this on the Eagle Hour. To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Fourth segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by Carter's Jewelry, located on Evelyn Gandy Boulevard in Petal, Mississippi. Carter's carries beautiful jewelry for every price range and now offers that exclusive line of SMTTT jewelry. 
Go check out Shay Carter and her friendly staff. They can serve you with all your jewelry needs. Carter's Jewelry, proud sponsor of the fourth segment of the Eagle Hour. Well, the only athletic event going on today for the University of Southern Mississippi is the baseball team as they head down to the Big Easy to take on the Nickel State Colonels tonight at 6.30 um, at the Shrine on Airline, which is also known as Baby Cake Field. We continue with Andrew Abadie, executive editor of the Student Prince on the campus of the University of Southern Mississippi. And Andrew, what are you looking for tonight in a midweek game? Golden Eagles really put it on nickels last year. Uh, what are you looking for out of the baseball team tonight? Well, the first thing to, to know is Nichols is always a scrappy team. You can't you can never overlook them. Um, and they always seem to have decent pitching every year. And that looks to be the case again. They're I think they're rocking a three one uh ERA, but they're hitting around two sixty. Um, but I, I think the biggest thing for tonight is I asked Coach Barry on Sunday, he said Johnny Holstaff for tonight. So you kinda wanna see you know, the bullpen keep doing what it's been doing, especially after this past weekend. And naturally, of course, you want to see the bats stay hot. I think that's the biggest thing. It would be nice to see a couple home runs from people who, you know, haven't really uh, had a home run this season, I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah, and and some people, when they heard you say the Johnny Holstaff, they groaned, but I would re- remind people, Coach Barry told us last week, these guys got to pitch, and so if they can pitch one inning in, in a midweek game, they've got to throw, you know, that's like their their bullpen session. So should be interesting tonight, but, but Andrew, a pretty cool place to play tonight in that minor league park in NOLA. Yeah, I've gotten to go there. Of course, I haven't been there since they uh... – made that name change. Uh, I was there when they were still the Zephyrs, but it's a really nice stadium. Uh, if you know that's something you're debating on doing tonight, highly recommend. It's in a nice location, parking convenient, a lot of good places to eat around there. It's a really sweet setup, to be quite honest. 6.30 tonight. All right, uh, I had a, had a listener uh, text and, and wanted to ask you this question. There's been you know, a lot of chatter about possibly replacing uh, the surface at uh, Pete Taylor Park. Coach Barry has made it known on this show and in other places that he would prefer to turf the whole thing. You heard any more momentum picking up about turfing the Pete? Um, I haven't heard any momentum. Uh, I do think, though, I, I do know it's uh, – I think it's been a discussion had with uh, some of the higher-ups. But um, I don't know if it's official yet. I, now, me being me, I, if you want my personal opinion, it, it makes sense. I, I'm not a big fan of the turf fields because I just I'm old school. But it, it would make sense and probably save money. But haven't heard anything to you know give a definite answer either way. Yeah, we've been hearing chatter, and, and I'm, I'm like you. I'm an old-school guy. I like dirt and grass. But, you know, if your coach wants it and it's going to save money and keep gates, of course we want it. I want to ask you one more question. Um, you cover a lot of uh, high school baseball um, in South Mississippi. I think you're supposed to be going to Summerall and, and Purvis. There's a guy uh, for Summerall, Billy Garrity. Uh, how, how excited should Southern Miss uh, fans be about him and maybe a couple more, more names, Southern Miss guys, uh, future Southern Miss guys that you've seen play in South Mississippi this year? Well, uh, he might be the only Southern Miss guy I've seen this year, but I've watched Billy Garrity play last year. That kid can hit, and they've got him into that uh, video game pitching staff, and they've got five guys who could probably start on any high school team. Honestly, I believe Summerall might be one of the best teams in the state, no question. Um, But I'm looking forward to that matchup tonight with Purvis and Summerall. Like you said, I'll be there. But Billy Garrity – 
he's going to be a name that people should be aware of uh, in years to come because he's going to be an impact impact guy, um, and he's just one of those bats that uh, Southern Miss likes to have in their lineup, if that makes sense. Yeah, and it's always exciting too when whenever you have these kids that are you know within thirty miles of of, uh, of Pete Taylor Park and they, their names coming in and, and we get really excited you know to uh, to watch them play. Andrew, tell uh, tell our listeners too because you are at so many events and you're giving out some really good reporting. Tell our listeners again where they can find your stuff uh, as you report on the Golden Eagles. Oh, sure thing. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Andrew Abity. That's A B A D I E. Um, and of course, you can always go on the Student Prince Facebook page, Student Prince uh, uh, Twitter account. It's just Student Prince P R I N T Z. Uh, give it a like or give that a follow too. Because uh, you know you're on campus. Anything that's on campus, man, Eagle Hours behind it. And man, thanks for everything you do, and thanks uh, you know just for for reporting. Um, a lot of people are pulling back from Southern Miss. You guys at the Prince, you're you're uh, doing more and more. Man, thanks for being on the Eagle Hour today. All right. Appreciate it, as always. Sandra Abadie, executive editor at the Student Prince at the University of Southern Mississippi. I want to thank uh, also head coach uh, for softball, Wendy Hogue, and Lady Eagle basketball coach, Joy Lee McNellis, for joining us earlier um, today. And uh, tonight, 630, Golden Eagles take on Nickel State. Be sure to listen to John Cox call it on the Southern Miss Game Day app. Well, been a good show today. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back uh, tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Should be another good show. We'll catch you tomorrow. And as always, Southern Miss to the top. Mississippi Media Production.